Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's finally here. We have waited not just all season, but all off season long for the final episode of Man in the Arena. Tom Brady is going to release it this Tuesday, I guess. It comes out on ESPN 2 Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night, not this Tuesday night. This well, is Tuesday. But so how can Next this Tuesday. be the last episode if he's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, the, it's the episode before that episode. It, it, it was expected to be the last episode. It was built up as the last episode. And in announcing that this uh, last episode is going to air next Tuesday, Tom Brady said, sorry, I messed up the ending with the whole unretirement thing. <laughs> so are we officially calling this the penultimate episode since there'll be another one next year? Perhaps. Perhaps. He's not calling it that. He's just calling it the final episode of Man in the Arena. I suppose they could come up with a, a new 10-part series next year, Man Back in the Arena, or, I don't know, Man in the Arena League, if it comes. I, I don't man, know what they're going to Man Return to the Arena. Re- returns to the Arena. Yeah, man, man Returns to the Arena. That would work. Um, but regardless, see, we thought we... This is what I thought was going to happen all along. I thought that Tom Brady was waiting for the production, the Chopra t- production, to, to be completed, edited, uh, finely tuned, slick, slickly produced, uh, and that would serve as his retirement. Like, you know, hey, don't miss Man in the Arena. Will I retire? Well, he wouldn't say that, but he just like, you know, a very special Man in the Arena, my final episode, and I do mean final, or something thereof. And then, of course, word got out before Tom was ready for it to, clearly, because he even waited another two or three days after, according to my sources, Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter uh, dropped dropped the the dime on him. Obviously, before that, Jason Lincoln had that he was in fact leaving the NFL uh, as a player and was going to retire. But that makes sense that ESPN would get that information, and, and we'll talk about Adam Schefter and the way he gets information here uh, later. We have a question on that in the mailbag, but uh, it, it would make sense because ESPN too. Uh, is the distributor of that movie. And so one would presume that they might perhaps be involved with, I don't know, contracting with videographers or sound people or editors or something like that um, to help produce this this uh, docuseries. Regardless, it's, it's going to air, and I'm very anxious to see how they handle, or if they even address, may, maybe at the end of the film, like on 40 Days Later, Tom Brady decided to return to the box. I mean, like, what do you... What do you do? Do you come back and say, eh, just kidding, folks? Like, will they address the fact that he is no longer retired when, in fact, the final episode, he retires? Do they have a camera at the meeting in Miami? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, I got to believe there will be certain things you will not hear on this film. One will be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, another one will be probably Sean Payton. Um, another one will be um, Stephen Ross. You won't hear those. You, you probably won't hear a whole lot about their former head coach uh, with the Miami Dolphins or a lawsuit because it dropped the same day as Tom Brady made his official announcement. So 
none of that stuff is likely to be in the film. I think I think it's safe to assume. Now, um, in looking at the, they ran sort of a teaser, you know, a teaser clip uh, of the film. Uh, if you go to uh, Tom Brady's uh, social media or his Twitter feed at Tom Brady, um, and, and there's this one segment that it kind of it struck me. You know, he had bought he bought this uh, multi-million dollar boat, and, we, and, and then he upgraded it. And we saw the first one in, in the uh, the boat parade, of course, with the vodka, tequila, and all that. There's this one shot of him and Giselle. Uh, he's driving the boat at a high speed, I might add. Uh, and it looks as if he's headed into the sunset. There's a, like a sunrise, or I would imagine it's a sunset in West Coast of Florida. So I wonder if that was going to be like the end. You know what I mean? Like, if, is that it? Is that the moment? You know, because there's been other players and other other people that have sort of ridden off into a sunset on a horse and different things when they announced their retirement. And I wonder if that was Brady's idea um, to sort of you know, drive his boat uh, with Giselle at his side. I, I didn't see any children there, but it was him and Giselle. And he's in the captain's seat, and they're driving like into the sun. So I just I wonder if that was you know, sort of part of the ending, you know. Uh, but they got the dad on there. But you know, the dad they had released clips of this earlier this year or a- after the season where the dad is tearful. You know, like he's he's welling up talking about not just how proud he is of Tom, but um, of of all that he endured during his career. You know, and that he knew the time would come. Whatever he says, it's, it's obvious that. He's responding to the news that Tom is retiring. Poor dad's got to go through all that again, you know? Like I said. Or he's just a great actor. Well, maybe. Maybe he's a great actor. That could be too. Uh, It's kind of like we said this with respect to his career. I'm not trying to be uh, morose here, but like with respect to his career, they everybody had the funeral. Like everybody had the funeral for Tom Brady. And then he popped up in the casket, his career did, and said, I'm not done yet. I'm still alive. It's the creepiest thing in the world when you look at it in that, that aspect. And this film should end, would have ended, you know, with him wrapping up, you know, a, a legendary football career. But, and that, that also kind of gets to the whole, what was he really going to do uh, with the Dolphins, right? Like there's, this, there's been multiple stories in the Boston Globe, um, you know, pro football talk, all of that with Mike Florio and, uh, and I respect Mike as much as anybody. Cause I think he gets, he gets the right information. Um, and he's very plugged in. And so you wonder like, where did all that Miami stuff, where was that going to fall in fold into this? I mean, they obviously weren't going to mention it, but then was he going to have this come out and then he pops up as an owner or as a player with Sean Payton? Like there's a lot of loose ends that don't make much sense. Not the least of which is the bucks would have a case if they found out any of that was true, because there's probably a good bit of, of tampering evidence there. Um, you know, with what even Brian Flores mentioned, he was supposed to meet a quarterback from another team on a, on a yacht. And it was said to be Tom Brady uh, about, about coming to Miami and, and it never occurred, but uh, I don't suppose the, the bucks are, are, you know, complaining to the NFL about potential tampering charges against Stephen Ross and Miami Dolphins. Nonetheless, I look forward to this very slickly produced Gotham Chopra film uh, and then and then how they're going to handle the fact. It could just be like one of those little typo things like you see at the end of certain movies that are based on a real on real drama. You, know, you see a, a dramatized version of, of based on real events and then they, they kind of run the little type across the bottom at the end of the credits and they go, 
Tom Brady, 40 days later, Tom Brady decided to return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His, he is going for number eight, you know, or whatever. Like, what do they do to address that? You know, they should have had this episode ready to go on the eve of free agency so that you had to watch it to see the announcement he was coming back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you watch the whole film. You watch walks sailing away. off into the sunset, That's and then right. the note comes up, I'm back. Hey, guys, I'm back. Shocking result. This is all a hoax. Don't believe what you see. Yeah. Um, he did mess up the ending, but then now he has a new ending. So you get it. See, like any good film, it's got to have a sequel, right? You get another sequel and another. So, and you know, one, who knows yeah. how many sequels we're going to get? You know, well, it's kind of like don't the know. Fast and the Furious series. We don't know. He's going to be he's going to be wearing a different uniform and playing with different players. And that opens itself up to all new kinds of drama and. Yeah, a new home in Miami that he's building. I mean, think about the sets are changing, right? The colors could be changing. I mean, change is good if you, if you uh, you know, if you continue on. I mean, they didn't look. They used three Spider-Mans, right? I mean, they were all different. It's still the same gig. All kinds of different matter. Batmans. There's different Batmans. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter. Like ultimately, whether the suit is is hyped up or if it's just his, you know, getting bit by the atomic spider. At the end of the day. Um, he's going to have a girlfriend named MJ. Uh, he's going to fall in love with her. She's not going to know at first that he's Spider-Man. And then he is going to be pursued by villains and realizes that to much that is given, much is expected that he has to defend crime or defend against crime. And, and, and ultimately the people he loves are too close to danger that he uh, causes. So then he can never really truly be with anybody. So that, Every Spider-Man is, is is the same, and so I, I would assume that every Tom Brady movie is going to end with you know maybe a different uh, moving to a different team. Who knows? Could be interesting. Well, there's but, 30 um, others in the NFL, so that's <laughs> he's only done two. He's running out of time, though. He's definitely running out of time. But that'll be fun. So that drops next Tuesday uh, night. Not to be outdone by his, you know, it, it was a Brady day on Tuesday because you you had. Uh, of course, the announcement of uh, of this final version of Man in the Arena, but also the match. This has become annual much must TV, isn't it? Uh, or not? But I remember I did this. Some of them uh, have gotten a little long. Yeah, last year's was really long. Yeah, now it was I not much watch TV because it Ooh. was way too long. Yeah, way too long and not much, not much uh, uh, excitement either from the players or the golf. And last year, uh, I was in Chicago with my wife's family, sitting upstairs in one of the, one of the kids' bedrooms, <laughs> away from everybody, so they didn't have to, I didn't have to bother them or they didn't have to bother me. And I was watching this on TV, and it took... This course they played in Montana was the longest damn course I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it took five minutes to drive to each hole. I mean, I think the thing was you know almost 8,000 yards long, for God's sakes. And when you play 18 holes and one guy's an amateur, uh, even though they're playing best ball and stuff, it takes some time. And it was Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. And Rodgers and DeChambeau won. Um, and there's always been you know, a PGA golfer involved in these things when, when Brady has done it. And then there's been some matches with, you know, between you know, between PGA golfers themselves. Uh, I think this is the fifth or sixth such pairing that uh, TNT uh, has produced. So this one is unique because 
it's no pro, uh, PGA golfer. It's just it's just quarterbacks, and not just any quarterbacks. So you've had the retirement, you've had the end retirement. Now Tom Brady is going to play on the same team as Aaron Rodgers, and that is true. So it's it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who beat him last year. Um, if you can't against, beat him, join him. Yeah, well, there you go. With the Chiefs, Patrick against the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the Bills, Josh Allen, and this will be June first. Again on TNT, six thirty p.m. This might be a little early to mark it down, but whatever. And that's from the Win Golf Club in Las Vegas, the only I'm told golf club on the Strip, on the Las Vegas Strip. Imagine what they paid for that. So um, it's, it's it's the same course where Kepka defeated uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, five and three when they played the match match five last November. So this is the six um, six such chapter of this. So yeah, it you know. Um, I, I, the golf sometimes is surprising when they make good shots and they occasionally do that. Now there's no pro golfer. So I'm wondering like, is the hack fest about to commence? Like, is anybody going to be able to keep the ball in play? Because that's the one thing you can count on the pros. At least he could, you know, knock it tee to green. This will be a little different. They did do a smart thing though. They're only playing 12 holes. So if you think about it, it, it could feel be like eighteen, but you know. yeah, well, yeah, probably it'll take as many shots as eighteen. But they're only playing twelve, and uh, and if if somebody's up, they may not even have to play that, right? If you're if if you're you know up three and two or something like that, maybe maybe you don't play that many. Um, so it's it's for charity. We know that um, they they raised they've raised they say up to thirty three million dollars already. They donated seventeen million meals to Feeding America, so it's all all for a good cause. Um, but this now is, is this is kind of like a Brady annual event, you know, like he's done this, uh, with Tiger Woods. Uh, he played with Phil Mickelson last year. Um, and now it's just all NFL quarterbacks. Well, and they did another smart thing is all four of those teams have, uh, off season workouts during that time and they'll all be missing. (laughs) It's it's true. (laughs) Hey, can we do this when we don't have to go to the man, to the, to the OTAs? That, in fact, is the last week of OTAs for the Bucks, And, of course, mm-hmm. Brady won't be in any of them. But May 31st through June 3rd um, are, the, are the final weeks. And, of course, this golf tournament or tournament, this golf event, is, is June 1st. So he will miss that final OTAs, although he is expected and did attend uh, last year's mandatory minicamp, which is just six days later. So don't torque your back driving the ball, Tom Brady, because you're expected – uh, in Tampa for the mandatory minicamp June 7th through 9th. And let me tell you, on June 9th at about 5.30, you're going to hear a yelp from me because this long season that began whenever it began, last July, um, will be over, uh, and, and not until then. I mean, that's that's really what the NFL is. Actually, people will be coming back um, probably you know just before or just after July 4th, so... Not a lot of time off uh, as far as the offseason goes. We can compare it to some of the other sports. But, yeah, so that's what's going on, man. Got a 12-hole format, and, uh, yeah, looking forward. I think to I'm going to start playing shoot. golf on just 12 holes, and then, you know, when people ask me my score. Right, I shot know, 83. 85. I shot 90, yeah, on the front nine. <laughs> I say that all the time. Um, somebody asks me what I shoot, and I give them my front nine score. And they go, really, that's pretty good. Um, so you almost broke it at 90? Yep, mm-hmm, yeah, almost broke it. Almost, except. Or you can tell them how many balls you lost. That's that's another way. That's actually the way we keep score is like, how many golf balls did I hit out of play that I never got back? <laughs> like, say, I used 15 golf balls today, folks. 
That's not a good thing. I've had those days. I am not a golfer. Wish I was, though. So, yeah, a lot of Brady news. Um, the Bucks. they had some other news they made, I think, on Tuesday. Yeah, Coach Marl Javadafar promoted to Director of Rehabilitation and Performance. Now, what is that exactly? Do we know what that is? It's on, a the, new position, on the surface, right? it's saying there was too many injuries last year and we're making <laughs> That's changes. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it says to me. With every action, there is a reaction. Listen, it, I mean, all kidding aside, like, they have to do something, right? Like, I don't know. Sometimes there's an overreaction to these sort of things, but all I know is this. They had more injuries last year than I've ever seen them have uh, in the modern era, it seemed. Although I could probably go back and check, and that's probably not true as far as games lost. But particularly on the defensive backs, if you were somebody, if you were a defensive back or you were a receiver, right, and they, they, they chart those guys, they track Every movement, they they have GPSs on them. They see how many steps they run each day, uh, all that stuff. But the soft tissue injuries on on those two positions was un- unbelievable. I mean, it really was. From uh, hamstrings, it seemed to be the hamstring. Every year, there's something right. It's a quad rash of quad injuries, rash of hamstring. They have to go back and look at everything. You just have to, because if it's not contact related, football is one of those sports, right, where it's 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 NASCAR to an extent. It's a war, it's an award of attrition. And when you have an older team like they did, but the thing was, it wasn't older guys getting hurt. It was the younger guys. You know, their corners are all young. I mean, Carlton Davis just hit free agency this year, so he's only going into his fifth season. So I mean, you know, you can't really chalk it up to age per se. Um, you know, in Gronk, I mean, his was ribs, so I, I'd even give him a hall pass on that. But like beyond that, they had just a lot of soft tissue injuries in that. That speaks to how much or how little that they're running during the week. You know, I've always had this question. I have no data to, to back this up because they could have done the same running the year before and they had no injuries, right? It's very likely they did the same things. I mean, why would you change something if you just won a Super Bowl? You, you would try to tend to stick to the same exact um, routine that got you uh, the Lombardi Trophy. I, I don't think you'd make wholesale changes. But whether it's whether it's too much running or maybe not enough, you know, an awful lot of guys take days off, um, and that can do one of two things: that can, um, you know, force other players to have to run more in their place if they're not practicing, or maybe it just, you know, maybe it hurts them to to crank it back up at full speed for the games and not not do much during the week. So, whatever that thing is, uh, hopefully Merrill will get to the bottom of it. Uh, she's very talented. She's very bright and good for her. She's been there three seasons now. Um, terrific addition to that staff. Everybody loves her. Uh, she's very good at what she does. So um, you know, let's hope that uh, that whatever position now they've carved out will be one that um, she can continue to make a big difference. So it's uh, injuries are the assassins in the NFL. They're behind doors. You don't see them. There will be a team this year picked to go far, maybe the Bucks. Maybe the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, but there will be a team that will absolutely uh, their chances will get obliterated by injuries. You just it happens every year. You just hope you're not that team, and you hope that if if your team does sustain injuries, you don't have it all happen at one position. And that's sort of what seemed to occur last year at the defensive back position, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it hurt them overall. All right, Rick. I know you were hanging on every last moment of the USFL over the weekend. So you definitely saw the United for Football documentary that 
they aired prior to the first game Saturday night? If so, you saw running back for the Pittsburgh Maulers, Davion Smith, get cut. And we've seen this in Hard Knocks. You've seen it in you know, all the football documentaries now. You see players get cut. But did you see why he got cut? I have, and it's unbelievable to me. Go ahead and tell the story because I, I had to I had to watch this two or three times to see if I missed something here because I don't think I did. I thought it was an SNL spoof at first. <laughs> so he gets cut for disrespecting the team, and apparently in their contracts and stuff, there's not to be any disrespect. You think, okay, I can live with that. Sure, you know that makes sense. You're a team. You want you know everyone needs to be respectful. Everyone needs to you know come together as a team. Great. He was disrespectful because he was offered chicken salad. <laughs> Wait a which minute. he doesn't like. <laughs> and I don't like. Can I let me go on the record as saying I'm in lockstep with this uh, with this running back. I, would I agree have, with you too. I will eat tuna salad, I will eat potato salad, I will eat macaroni. I'll eat the heck out of macaroni salad. I will eat regular salad. You can pretty much put anything except tomatoes and, and some onions. In my salad. I don't care what, what it is. If it's mixed up, chances are I'm going to eat it. Chicken salad is the one thing that I go Ugh, to. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't like the idea of cold chicken and not knowing how long ago. I'm not a big leftovers guy. Anyway, it, it has been then dumped into a salad mixture that doesn't seem in any way appetizing to me. So... I'm with this guy on chicken salad. If that's what they were serving, I'm, pa- I'm a pass. I'm a hard pass. So apparently, and this is according to him in the video, after yeah. he wasn't going to be given a chance to explain what happened, and then mm-hmm. he did explain, mm-hmm. said, is there a problem if it's chicken salad? He said, yes. Can I get pizza? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm said, down with they pizza. They said, no, you're cut. <laughs> Wait a minute. They didn't say he was cut because he wouldn't eat the chicken salad. Disrespectful, and that's the only part of the story you heard on. That's what David said. He said, "I didn't cuss. I didn't say anything bad. I don't like chicken salad. They offered me chicken salad. Said, would that be a problem? I said, yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. I mean, if that's if that's all that young man did, that is absolutely reprehensible. How is the USFL airing this? By the way, like why why if you have control over that product at all, why would you want this to be? Sort of like... Well, don't forget, Fox Sports owns the USFL. Yeah, they do. Which they want ratings. But... Yeah. You can cut a guy for a lot of things. He didn't want chicken salad? What are we talking about, man? We're talking about chicken salad? What are we talking about? Not Not the food I love, not pizza. We're talking about chicken salad, man. Not the, not, not the meal I die for. What are we talking about? We're talking about chicken salad? You know what they say about chicken salad? I mean, everybody knows what they say about chicken salad, right? You can't make it with something else. I mean, was this Gordon Ramsay cooking the chicken salad? He took offense or <laughs> I something? Don't know, I don't mean... know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It would have been much harder, easier to find another chef than to find another running back. They couldn't have liked this guy. They had to have had, like, he was going to get cut anyway. I mean, you're just looking for reasons now. I, I assume that there's probably a lot of players didn't eat that chicken salad. Let's be honest. I mean, the coach went in there and said, you crossed the line. What line did he cross? He crossed the food line? He cut in? Like, what did he do? The cafeteria line? What line are you crossed? Man, they're tough in the USFL. Tell you what, those guys will fall in line when they get to the NFL. Because over there, they don't care. 
I mean, you can have assault charges. You can have an arrest record. You can be suspended for eight games. They just keep bringing you back. Doesn't matter. Just ask Antonio Brown. You can lie on your, you know, vaccination card if you want to. Think about that. This guy just didn't want the chicken salad, and he got cut by the USFL, man. That's, I don't know how I could deal with that. I hope somebody else picks him up. I hope that somebody else says, you know what, I'm, I'm, and I don't know the rules. Maybe you can't, right? Maybe it's a regional thing. I don't know. Is he on, is he on USFL waivers now? I don't know how work. that works. I mean, the XFL's not starting until next year. He can't go there yet. Jeez, man. I don't know how you explain that to your folks. What happened? And like you don't the have to explain it. They can watch the video. <laughs> well, yeah, they can now. But no one's going to believe that story, right? Like, you'll see the video, but no one will believe that. Me had to say something, man. Like, they didn't just cut you for chicken salad. Like, really? Chicken salad? What are we talking about? It's crazy. Well, that's why they're the USFL, I suppose. Let's see how the ratings go after that. I guess we spent more time talking about them now than we would have. So, Well, we have. There you go. Way to go, Fox. You just made, you just put your... Your league on the radar, I suppose. You know? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But, uh, well, and speaking of networks, and we had yeah. a uh, mailbag question last week we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill had emailed you. He says, I'm just curious if ESPN offers incentives for their reporters to be the first to report something. With Adam Schefter reporting these days, or things days out from happening like Brady's retirement, now Adrian Wojnarowski reporting Frank Vogel was fired a full day ahead of time, not to mention the lack of tact in their tweets, does ESPN pay them more to be first, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, they, they pay them. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, I think I think Schefter just got 8 or $9 million a year, so they're not paying Woj them to be last. Woj got like $7 million a year. Yeah, I mean, they, they've dumped – I mean, that's – you know, when you're making more money than guys in the league you cover, that's elite, okay? That is top of the food chain. And and quite frankly, at least in the case of Adam, I don't know about Woj, Adam left a lot of money on the table. He was being pursued by a lot of gambling sites and Caesars and different places uh, where they would pay him as much as anything for his followers. I don't know how many millions and millions of followers, eight or nine million followers, whatever he has, um, if you know anything about TikTok or influencers, I mean, that's basically what Adam is now. He's the NFL's most ultimate influencer in, mm-hmm. in a sense. And so um, they don't pay him to be wrong and they don't pay him to be second. Uh, the fact is that Adam is always first and he's normally right. And when I say normally, I mean like 99.999% of the time. Now, he's gotten in some in some hot water of late because uh, especially with the Dwayne Haskins uh, tweet that he had with respect to him getting uh, hit by a, tr- a truck or a car down in Miami on 595, uh, he was, I think he was one of the first to report that Haskins had died in that accident. And But in, in so doing, his first tweet since deleted was was made reference to, in, in, the, in the tweet announcing that he had died, 
uh, in this in this accident, he made reference to the fact that Haskins and I may not be phrasing it correctly was a disappointment or um, didn't live up to his potential. Did not live like up that. to 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 his yeah whatever um, with draft, Washington where he was drafted 15th where he was whatever. drafted yeah as as the yeah as a high high draft pick in the first round never lived up to his potential something along those lines right um, and then and then and then proceeded to announce that he had died well. I mean, there's some editorial license there that, in, in without much hindsight, I mean, he was attacked and attacked a lot on, on Twitter, and rightfully so. He later came on um, his podcast. It's kind of an odd place to do it, but he came on his podcast. He said, Dwayne Hesky died. I made a mistake. And he went through the whole thing and apologized. I apologized to the family. What he should have said, you know, is what a great brother he was, father, leader, all that stuff. Or not father, but leader, all that stuff. And instead, he focused on his career um, slights, or at least made mention of them. And so that he took a he took kind of a big hit for that. Um, a couple things: one, Adam Schefter is a colleague of mine and has been a pretty good friend to me um, in the business. You know, there are certain people we both started the same year. <laughs> you know, I, my my career didn't rise quite to those heights, but we uh, he was covering the Denver Broncos in '90. Uh, I think that was the first year he covered them. I started covering the Bucks in '90. Uh, the NFL obviously has changed. The media has changed how we cover everything. Um, of course, the league has exploded in its popularity. Free agency uh, did not exist back then. A lot of things that, that occur now did not occur then. Uh, and, and so, you know, including the amount of people who cover the league. Uh, it is one of the busiest spaces uh, of any professional sports. I mean, the NFL is king. If you don't believe me... Um, I got about seven and a half million page views that could prove you otherwise. Uh, and, and so that's, that's just sort of the evolution that, that Schefter has been at the top of. And, you know, he started after he left uh, covering the Broncos for the Denver newspapers, he started at NFL Network, and he was their information guy. And he did it better than anybody. Now, some people suspected, and maybe rightfully so, I don't, I don't know because I don't know the inside of it, that, you know, if you work for the league's network, and there are signings and transactions. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be in the league's best interest to help you? When I say help you, well, those things are first, you know, all passed through the league computers and 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 so on and so forth. Um, and so the NFL would have access to contracts, for example. They've had access to transactions, a lot of things that you would think that they would want to make sure Adam was aware of uh, before people got their information on rival networks like ESPN and others. And so he, he did that, um, and, and listen, and, and this, is, this is the honest God's truth. I've never seen anybody work as hard as Adam. And there was a time, um, it's a true story, and maybe I, maybe I dropped the ball here, I don't know. But there was a time when I was doing a lot of work for NFL Network, and Adam left, and it was clear he was going to join ESPN. And um, he's going to do it for a lot more money. And... There was a guy that uh, sort of ran the day-to-day operations at NFL Network at the time. He's since, since moved on to other business. And he just asked me one day, he said, let me ask you a question. He goes, do you think you could be like an Adam Schefter for the NFL Network? In other words, could, could you be the info guy on NFL Network? Is that something that would interest you? And I said, well, it would interest me, of course. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. If you're looking for another Adam Schefter, they only created one. And so if you want somebody who's going to do what he does, the way he did it, I'm not your guy. And I just know myself. You know, this has been 
a number of years ago, but I just knew with family, uh, with, with what this job entails, I couldn't imagine, you know, covering the whole league the way Adam does because it's, it is flying at him. The 32 teams, um, 90 players, you know, in the off season on each team. I mean, think about the general managers, the transactions, all of that stuff. It's incredible amount of, of, of information you have to handle and be available to handle every single day, almost every single minute. I mean, I don't know when Adam Schefter takes a day off. I really don't. I don't know that he does. I don't know that it's possible for him to, except for maybe the two weeks that the NFL sort of goes on vacation in July. I don't know. What, I don't know when this guy shuts it off because I've seen tweets at 5 a.m. I've seen tweets at 1 a.m. Um, and I've done some of those very same tweets, but he just the way he does it is unlike anybody else. I, I've talked to Chris Mortensen about this. I mean, he just, you know, he, no one types faster. He's got two phones going all the time. Like, and what he has emerged and and become is when you talk to so many teams and you have so much information. Like I, t- I'm talking to the Rams and I know they're doing this, and then I'm, then a minute later I'm talking to the Bucks and I know they're doing this. What you become is an information broker. Like he's in the absolute best position to help everybody including and mostly ESPN because whereas I just cover the bucks, right? So I can't tell Jason light or Mike Greenberg or something like, Hey, guess what? The Carolina Panthers are doing this. I just got off the phone with their GM and I'm reporting blank and give them heads up or give them an idea of what's happening with other teams. Cause I'm talking to them constantly all day long. I have nothing to give them. Nothing. I'm just basically reporting what they do. And along the way, I might find out, out some information about one of their players or one of their coaches, like Antonio Brown. And that's not helping them. That's just giving them information. They may or may not want it, but I, I can't help them push the football down the field. Adam Schefter is, is a, an asset to all these teams because he knows everything. He talks to all of them, and they talk to him. And there are, there are many, many agents where the agent business has, has evolved is that rather than call me um, about a player on the Bucks, uh, the agents are going to get it out to Adam or to Ian Rappaport, who ultimately did take the job at the NFL Network as the info guy. And it's one-stop shopping. You know, they, they just text them both at the same time, whatever. Adam types faster than Ian sometimes, and it goes up. And, and that's sort of how it flows. And it's hard as a local writer... Uh, to compete with that because they have such a, a vast um, amount of agents that, that they're in contact with that would prefer to deal with the national guys, as would, by the way, the majority of general managers. Because I've always said this, and I've, I've actually said it to, to players and general managers on this team, but it's true. It's like, you know, naturally they're going to cater to the national media. I mean, you want to be relevant. You want to be the team that people are talking to. And so, you want to talk to everybody in the national media. You know, that's, you know, I mean, Peter King's earned the right to come down here and, and go to practice for Tom Brady before we ever got on the field. He did his first practice exclusive. Um, that's, that's what that earns you. While, you know, but the thing you always say is, hey, all those guys, all that national media, that's going to help you get your next job. But if you're not careful, we'll get you fired from this one because you, you have to answer to this fan base every day, and that's, that's where my job comes in. It's a long-winded answer of saying he doesn't get paid by the scoops, but he gets paid to break news, and he does it better than anybody in the world, him and Woj do on the NBA. 
And that is worth a ton, as is because he's so good. And because you're going to get the Schefter bomb or the Woj bomb first, everybody follows those guys. So when you got nine or whatever million followers, that's worth money, you know? So all of that is, is a way of saying that, yeah, he's had some mistakes or he's had, you know, some things like all of us. I mean, think about the amount of volume of information and the volume of tweets that this guy is handling with every day. And like I said, his batting average is is unlike anything I've ever seen when you can consider the sensitive news and the breaking news he handles. Um, did he intend to insult Hask, Dwayne Haskins or his family or um, do something like that? No, he did not. And he apologized for it, um, and that was necessary for him to do, and, and he handled that very well. But, uh, yeah, don't underestimate his value to ESPN, um, which – which obviously they've set at about eight or nine million dollars a year. So that is high cotton, as they say. I mean, that's that's unbelievable how much money um, that he's he's uh, made doing a singular thing better than anybody else, which is reporting the news. The one question I always have, and and this has come up with others before, mm-hmm. and I know Adam Schefter was courted by several of the gambling sites and that. That's the word, yeah. But my question is, and granted, Adam Schefter is maybe the best to ever do what he does. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to whatever betting site, instead of being on ESPN, which is the biggest sports network, does he get as many scoops? Does he get as much info? Is he as relevant as he, as he is now on ESPN? And I think that's something that a lot of those guys wrestle with when you decide to leave somewhere. I think that's why he didn't leave. Um, well, I don't know. I haven't talked to Adam, but I, but I, I do think that it's a different job and maybe, maybe he would have, maybe he would have, I I don't want to sell him short because he's just that good of a reporter. Um, but I think that the casino or you know, the, the, the gambling sites would have been more interested in his followers, you know, for them, for them, it's about driving traffic to their casino or to their betting site, right? Mm-hmm. And so if he was exclusive to them, then all of Schefter's followers would go to there, would sure. go to that site and would make place their bets there. And so I, I, well, I don't I get, know. I get why they're interested in him. I'm yeah, saying and I don't, like, like if you're general know manager that he X or you're agent Y, yeah, are, maybe you gonna, not. are you going to now go, well, I'll give it to whoever's next to the ESPN, or, yeah. you know, Mortensen or, yeah. you know, yeah. because... Yes, there's the social media following, but there's also yeah. the sports center following and the yeah. you know yeah. showing up live in the middle of a, a NBA f- basketball game because you have breaking NFL news and sure you know that the betting sites can't do for it you know and so if you're that agent mm-hmm. you know it's always a you know Dan Patrick's talked about when he left ESPN yeah you know or Colin Cowherd going to Fox Sports or you know we were talking before the show about Dan Levitard. Mm-hmm. And how since he's left ESPN, I haven't watched or followed or, you know, I've kind of lost track of him. And I was always a fan of his show. Yeah. Um, you know, and I suppose, you know, bad on me for not following, you know, or going to find it somewhere. You know, but it's that, you know, ESPN, that's why, you know, for sports, it's those those cable contracts or the network contracts, not cable, really network Fox and NBC and. ABC and, and all that is so important is that's still where the most people go to watch something. Right. It's still network television. You know, right. the, the nightly newscast, you know, p- 
people will claim, you know, news on cable doesn't work anymore or whatever else, but nightly newscasts between the three networks get like 15 million viewers. That's a lot of people watching news at 6.30 yeah. at night. Or, an, you know, that's why, you know, the NCAA tournament, the years it's on CBS, there's higher viewership than when it's on TBS. You mm-hmm. know, there's still that, you know, an ESPN for sports is where most people turn first when things happen. And I think that was a big part of his calculus. I mean, if it was about the money, he'd have gotten paid more going away. But I, I, I do think that, and, and I don't. The answer is I don't know. I don't know if, 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 if because of his long history and in, in relationships with all these GMs, look, if Adam Schefter broke it for the Tampa Bay Times, if it's relevant enough, everybody's picking it up anyway, mm-hmm. right? They just got to credit Adam Schefter. So does it matter if it says Adam she- according to Adam Schefter with Caesar Sports? Or with ESPN. Does it really matter to the consumer? They, they don't care where they get their news as long as it's, it's that guy. He's a brand, right? Like, he, he knows his stuff. So, But what I'm saying is when that news breaks, yeah. people tend to go What's to ESPN, not yes. to Caesar Sports. Or Just like, right. you know, right. even though CNN in the cable news ratings is pretty low, mm-hmm. when there's breaking news, CNN gets the biggest bump because it's where mm-hmm. people know to go and they've been trained for decades to go to yeah. CNN when breaking news is happening. Same right. with ESPN. And that's one of the things that, whether it was NBC Sports Network, which is no longer around, or CBS Sports Network, or Fox Sports and FS1 and all that, it's, yeah. you know, it takes years to break those habits of going to ESPN, much like your local newscast at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, consistency is so important for that because people go to... No- people like what they know they don't know what they like that's true is i know that at 11 o'clock this anchor is going to be on cbs tonight or abc and that's where i go and i may not i may tell you they're great and whatever but to be honest i don't know if there's anything better out there because that's where i always go it's my habit it's my you know when sports breaks i go to espn or news i go to cnn you know people have their habits and it's hard to break habits which is, yeah. you know, I mean, why this, the casinos and all that want to get those guys like Schefter and all that is you're trying to break habits. Same reason yes. FS1 gets Colin Cowherd and, and mm-hmm. Skip Bayless and that, and they're trying to break habits to bring you to their networks. And it oh, takes to be a, wanted. It takes a lot yeah. of money and time to, to break those habits. Yeah, and you know what they call that? Leverage. <laughs> yes. It's always good to have the leverage. Um, but I do think, he, and he, he stated this, I think in the end he wanted to be um, in the role in the mainstream in, 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 in that, you know, with that ESPN, uh, flag. Um, I think that was important to him because he's a journalist after all, mm-hmm. even though they would have made great use of his information and his platform and his, and his followers, um, at the end of the day, you know, he works for the world leader, you know, the worldwide leader. So, you know, that, that means that has value, not just in what they pay him, but it has value to him intrinsically because he's a journalist. You know, I think he still sees himself that way. He should see himself that way. Uh, I think he's become more of a broker. Um, you know, you can go back to the Aaron Rodgers story and how much he knew and when he knew it. And what was he, you know, was he reporting the story or was he part of it? You know what I mean? Did he become mm-hmm. part of it? Because the timing of that, you know, when, when, when Rodgers, when the news came out that Rodgers wanted to be traded uh, or, or had, may have played his last game for the Packers, it, it was, the timing was not coincidental. It was draft day. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, as I recall, am I right about that? Or is my memory wrong? 
I think I think it was right around the draft. Yeah, it was it was close. Yeah, I don't know if it was yeah. that day, but it was close. Yes, but I, that's not coincidental. No. You know what I'm saying? And then I've heard Adam talk about it. I was like, well, it was an accumulation of, of stories, and it just happened to be that at that time there had been enough. I had been reporting things, and you know, but I, you know, again, it's like he's sort of it wasn't coincidental. You know what I'm saying? Like the, there was there was something to that, and it was how much of that are you part of it, or are you? You know, are you just merely? I mean, so a lot of people. There's plenty of criticism about that whole Aaron Rodgers stuff, and and he, he's look, he's got broad shoulders. Adam Schefter, like I said, don't begrudge the guy anything because long before uh, he was on ESPN, he he was on well on his way to being one of the best reporters in 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 you know football, and that's why he he is where he is. But I but I do think they yes they they don't pay him per scoop like that'd be interesting, right? Like how many how many breaking stories have you had? We're going to pay you this much. Um, the fact that he gets everything and, and the, the batting average is ridiculous uh, and almost you know to the exclusion of anyone else. That's why when you see uh, myself or anyone else uh, in, the, in, in the local media break a story on their beat, it's rare, folks. It's very hard to do. There are a lot of people in a lot of national websites that are a lot of information people on CBS, on NBC, uh, Mike Florio. Uh, you're competing with all the big boys. Um, and they've got contacts that we don't have. They have network partners. Some of them, like Adam, are represented by agencies, right, that also represent players. So it would be, you know, if, if I'm trying to increase Adam Schefter's value because I'm taking a cut of that, if I'm his agent, right, um, like CAA, then wouldn't it behoove me if I have another CAA client that, and a lot of them do, boy, there's a ton of guys represented by the same agency as Adam Schefter, to make sure that my guy, Adam Schefter, gets the news on my guy, who's also a CAA client. Makes sense, right? It's good mm-hmm. for business. Helps both sides. Um, and I'm not, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not complaining about it. It's just, it is what it is. And um, he's he's elevated and climbed to the top of that, of that mountain, and he's going to stay there for well, as long as he wants to. I'll say this, and people that know me have known, I've said this ever since I moved here. We are extremely lucky in Tampa Bay to have reporters that break stories because it doesn't happen everywhere uh, and when and, you say that you're talking in partic- about in particular matt you, baker well in and- particular <laughs> you and mark topkin oh i appreciate that um uh, although i mean eduardo and and matt baker and joey all Knight, our guys uh, do a really they, good job they, yeah. they do but in particular yeah. you and mark topkin are often breaking stories that the national media is picking up you know it's hard to do you're I seeing mean- you know John Heyman and, and Jeff Passan credit Mark Topkin and Schefter and Florio crediting you for stories. And it's happening less and less in sports today. It used to be that's where all the news broke, and then ESPN would yes. pick it up from the local writers. That's right. You know, a generation ago. That's not the way it works now. Nope. And in, in this market, in particular, like I said, there's a lot of writers at the Times that do, but in particular, yeah. you and Mark, time and time again, are breaking stories about the Rays and Bucks that the national media that you beat them to it or they didn't have it. And now they've got to credit you. And it's a credit to the type of reporters you guys are and the longevity you've been on your beats too. Well, I was going to say that, that, that might be, you know, um, longevity has its advantages and, and some of its disadvantages too. Um, uh, but it, I do think that, you know, Mark covered the race before they were the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark covered baseball in the pursuit of, of that franchise. And, and so, and I'll, I will, um, Sometimes I will help him, like I did last Thursday, um, 
and it's it's a marvel to see just like like the respect he has when he walks in that clubhouse um because baseball writers it's a different deal you know it's just you're with them every day it's 25 players uh you know football we get them if we're in the locker room we haven't been for two years but we get them for half hour to 45 minutes uh just whoever happens to be in there at the time it's 53 players um as many as 90 in in uh, training camp uh different deal like it's a whole like these guys like you're embedded more in baseball than mm-hmm. any sport you know like you're you're like in the clubhouse every after, think about that but you're in the clubhouse every afternoon and they're playing games mm-hmm. and you're and on you the field them. with them during batting practice yeah so. yeah you're, you're in the dugout with kevin cash every day mm-hmm. like what kind of relationship i mean for example i mean this is a dumb example but like when i was doing radio um I, I would, uh, because I was blurry-eyed, I got up at 3.45 every morning, and, and I w- had to be at the station by 5 to help plan the show with Tom. And it, I would stop at the CVS every morning to buy a Mountain Dew and maybe something else. I don't know what. Um, but I would stop at the same CVS. I wasn't in that store five minutes, okay? But over the course of five years, I knew the entire life story of everybody that worked there. Right. Because I just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And that's sort of the way it is. You know, if you're a beat writer, especially in baseball, you see these guys every day, you know, the clubhouse guys, you know, the cafeteria people, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody. And that's that's the advantage that Mark has. Longevity has that. But he also has developed those sources and and your reporting has to speak for itself. And you have to. And that's that's the thing with Adam too. show me where Adam was wrong. Show me when he came back and said, eh, you know what? That guy didn't sign. Uh, that coach wasn't fired. Well, Brady didn't wrong. retire. Yeah. No, he didn't retire. No, he <laughs> retired. Oh, he's not back. Yeah, he's back. Like, show me where he was wrong. You can't find something where he goes, yeah, I missed that one. I can show you some examples locally where that's happened <laughs> with Brett Favre <laughs> and others. Yeah. Not to be too specific. But thankfully, I haven't had those Dewey defeats Truman's uh, headlines. But... Show me where Adam is wrong. Adam is not. If, if Adam Schefter says it, then that's what he gets paid for. If he says it, it happened. Okay? And that's why you got to be careful with these fake accounts that, that these people are so crafty and putting up that look like Schefter's. Mm-hmm. And, and they always get you around April 1st or they get you, you know, different times of year. Um, the draft and others. You got to be like, eh, where's that blue check mark? Because, or white check mark, whatever it is. Um, because there are many imposters. But there's only one that... Uh, uh, if he says it, you know, it happened and all that, seriously, I, he, he's a great guy. If you knew him personally, you'd like him. Um, you read his book. Has you, have you read his books is unbelievable. His book, he wrote a book, uh, he, and I'll just end with this. This is Adam Schefter podcast here. Um, he, he wrote a book, uh, about the, uh, about his wife and whom he met. Um, and, and had a child, had a son at the time. And he, he came to find out that um, her husband was killed in 911. He was in the World Trade Center um, when, you know, the planes hit and all of that. And, um, you know, that, <laughs> I don't have to tell you, we all kind of lived through it. I mean, I can't imagine losing somebody that way, um, you know, uh, in that, in that terrible tragedy. And then he, then he meets this woman. Um, and rather than, you know, cause it's, I mean, that was her husband. That was the father of her child. 
and he sort of keeps the memory of of this gentleman alive. It's called The Man I Never Met. You should get this book. It's phenomenal. It's on Amazon in case you want to look for it or it's in bookstores. It was a bestseller. The Man I Never Met. It is about uh, one, of the, one of the most heartwarming stories I've ever read of how Adam um, you know, uh, took over uh, raising this son uh, and obviously married to his wife, but they kept the memory of her former husband alive as they should have. Um, but it's just, it, it's very heartwarming in how his family, uh, her husband, ex, you know, former husband's family uh, became part of Adam's life and the, and the kids. It was, it's just, it's a tremendous book. So like, this is all a way of me saying he's an unbelievable guy. Like he's, he's the best of the best. And so for whatever arrows that get slinged at him and he's an easy target sometimes for people um, uh, to, to criticize. And, and of course I love doing his voice and stuff like that, but he is, there's a reason. It's not by accident. He has outworked everybody. And he's done it with class, and he's done it fairly, and he's done it accurately. And that's why people give him information, because they trust he will get it right. And, um, and, and I'm sure once in a while he has information for them too. So that's the Adam Schefter podcast here today on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Um, but it's a good question, because I think people are curious about how Woj and how those guys come up with so many scoops, you know. And the easy answer is, well, they're really good, you know, and, and they too have longevity. We just said 1990, he's been covering the NFL. Um, so have I, but not for ESPN, not for NFL Network. Um, that, that really matters, you know, so um, good for him. All right, uh, that's just one mailbag question, but of course I know you have more and you can submit those to us anytime. Just do that by going on Twitter, uh, send them to us at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We got Rays continuing their series at the Cubbies tonight at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It might be warming up just a bit there, I'm told, in the Windy City. And then the Lightning hosts the Red Wings, see if they can keep it going uh, with their home winning streak here now uh, proceeding along. So, uh, Lightning back in action against the Red Wings. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 